Welcome to the Anderson Business Advisors Podcast, the nationally recognized preferred provider for asset protection and tax planning in the nation. This show is for investors and business owners looking to save on taxes and build long-term wealth with Toby Mathis, an attorney, author, business owner, and a featured instructor at Anderson's Tax and Asset Protection event held throughout the country. Enjoy the show. Hey guys, this is Toby Mathis with the Anderson Business Advisors Podcast and also for Infinity Investing. Hey, uh, got on Andrew Spaventa from the Spaventa Group. First off, welcome, Andrew, or welcome back, even better yet. Yeah, I know. It's been some time. I think it's been just under a year and a half since the last one we did. So, yep. So, you guys are awesome. We've had a lot of success with you guys. Uh, My client's been working with Andrew. That's actually how I found him. I'm lucky enough have clients that'll share when they have big wins. Andrew, how would you characterize yourself, Andrew? Well, I mean, depends. <laughs> if you ask that question to my fiance, maybe that's a different answer. But if you're asking me, it's only going to be rainbows and gumdrops and unicorns, only good things. Yeah, that's a that's a that's actually a, a great question to start with. So I think I'm a very high energy, outgoing guy, very positive. And the, the thing about it is I love what I do. I really do. Ever since I was a kid, I had this vision of starting my own investment firm and creating wealth for not only my clients, but my whole entire workforce. Uh, so it's really exciting that, especially nowadays, where I tell everybody technology is advancing at a rapid pace. And just by nature of what we're doing, we're right in the thick of it. You know, We're getting involved in these private companies that are growing, that are very exciting, onto very disruptive industries, whether it's drones, space, uh, food technology, and I think that's what's really exciting. And uh, just to add it, because I was going to mention this a little bit later, but I think this is the perfect time to, to say it. As you know, we originally met Toby when I had a previous firm. And I explained to you that, well, you know, the older I got, I realized that uh, mindset really is a thing. And the business partners that I had didn't really share in that mindset. The leadership team at my firm now is outstanding. You know, Chief Operating Officer Tony Kwan, Director of a private our private client group Joseph Nappy, my Director of Client Operations John Prince of Valley, Fund Manager Don Torillo, and then obviously the the, the marvelous Jennifer Rogers who runs our admin department. Uh, the the whole entire leadership team that I have now shares in our vision, executes beautifully, and it's really the reason why this firm has grown quite successful. And uh, I just wanted to piggyback off of that and really mention why I named it the Spaventa Group after myself and not something cookie cutter like, you know, American, you know, private equity or venture capital or something like that. A lot of some people might think that it was a vanity. And uh, it is, you know, I realized that today it is. But there's a reason for that. Right. And it comes down to really, uh, you know, the culture of my firm. So if you look at any organization, you want to look at the management team and leadership, then you also want to look at the culture. And I really wanted to make this firm an embodiment of everything that I represent. And I think I've mentioned to you, you know, a year and a half ago, growing up with a single mother, uh, my father not there, knowing how it is to be on welfare and all that horrible things, but being a part of a beautiful country that if you put in the hard work, you can make something of yourself. I just never having that guidance from either my mother or my father I would soak up all the works of, you know, Napoleon Hill, Andrew Carnegie, Earl Nightingale, and all that positivity. And I decided to say, you know what, this is going to be the firm that's an embodiment of that. So that's number one, the reason why I decided, you know what, I'm going to name it after me. And number two, it forces me not to fail. And it's, it was, it's pretty nerve wracking because anybody, and most people do, 
could just say, listen, we're going to start a firm. I'm going to call it something cookie cutter. Like I said, you know, American venture capital, ABC venture capital, because if it goes up in smoke, we just start something else. But having something tied to your last name, now not only does everybody know that my name's tied to the firm, that if it does not work out the way I want, it's a bad look on me. But number two, it really forces us to really stay in tune with the fact that our competitive advantage is our culture, is our leadership team, is our reputation, and is the superior level of service that we do provide our clients. And if anybody has anything negative to say, and we do wrong by our clients, yeah, it might be one of our investment consultants messing up, but guess whose name is attached to that? It's mine. So it really just makes me always realize, hey, listen, we're preaching that we're the best, which I always do. I don't think anybody's going to get any better than my firm. We better back it up. So, so that's just a little bit of you know explaining myself, the reason why I called it the Spaventa Group, and uh, all that good stuff. Yeah, no, your name's on the door. But even more importantly, it's like somebody who's just walking in and doesn't know you. So a lot of our clients know exactly who you are, who your firm is, and what you guys do that's different than other companies is you are getting into pre-IPO companies during the venture stage, right? Not not necessarily round A or B, but probably. Would you say the uh, CDEF rounds you're getting right. at? Pre- what Andrew's group has done, just I'll speak personally to, to this, is get into these companies and get you shares before it can go into an IPO. So could you tell some, uh, you know, give some of the companies that you've done this with, with our clients, for example, you, you being, being specific, you don't have to name the clients, but some of the companies that we've invested in and other companies have invested in. Sure. And before I uh, name some companies that we have been investing in, I just want to clarify pre-IPO because it's a name that's just being thrown around now just Mm -hmm. to say companies when you're investing in the private market. And honestly, I despise it because not every company is a pre-IPO. You know, we speak to some clients, not even just clients of yours, but just clients that Mm -hmm. solicit and speak to and that are referred to us that say, yeah, I got invested in a pre-IPO company. It's a marijuana company. It was during Series A. And our response is, well, listen, that's not really pre-IPO. You know, pre-IPO, the true definition of a true pre-IPO company is a large private company that's been around 5, 10, 15 years. Like you just said, it's typically in the Series CD, uh, CDE uh, fundraising rounds and should be within two to five years of a liquidity event, most commonly IPO. So I always like to make it clear, just because we're saying pre-IPO, we're just using the term that's common. It might be, it, it might be better to use it, stage. closer to an exit. So you have yeah. uh, the, the exit might be what, that they're going to be purchased, that they've uh, brought a product to, to market and the money starts coming in or IPO. Correct. But, you know, pre-IPO is a lot easier and, you know, sexy to say than closer to an exit company. Well, well let, let's call it what it is. It's venture rounds. It is because we don't know what the future is going to hold. There's lots of companies that said they were going to go public and never did. Correct. Lots of companies that were public and then got taken private again, too. Correct. So you, you look at it and you say, hey, we don't know what the future is, but really good companies, really great products and innovation. What I'm seeing consistently through the things that I see that I've invested in is innovation and technologies that are changing things, ideas that are changing things. When I say technology, it doesn't mean just tech. It means like, Impossible Foods is a good, good example, right? That's something that's changing the way we're we're used to operating. So give folks an idea of some of the companies that you've purchased and made available to your clients prior, you know, during the venture phase. 
Yeah. So during the venture phase, we've invested in SpaceX, Airbnb, which we just got liquidated with uh, recently. Palantir Technologies was a nice winner for us. Ejust, which is a, technically a competitor to Impossible Foods, another food tech company or an alternative meat company. Uh, you just said Impossible Foods, the alternative meat company. Zipline, a drone company. Rubric, enterprise software, cloud software rather. Scopely, a mobile video game provider. Over the summer, one of my favorites, Plaid, a financial technology company. And as of right now, we're working with Kraken. I did mention a few other names that we're looking to get involved in over the coming weeks. Obviously, when we do, this is not the podcast for that. We're going to have uh, this typical Zoom welcome investments. But yeah, we've been involved in about, you know, call it eight to 10 companies over the last two to three years. Uh, prior to that, I was working with other firms. We got involved in Spotify, Uber, Lyft. And once again, I just want to reiterate to everybody, just because you're getting involved before a company does go IPO or has a liquidity event, doesn't mean that you're going to make money. You know, this, I will say this, this is risk capital. You're not investing all of your retirement into this. If you come to us and say, hey, listen, my retirement is worth X. I want to put the whole thing behind one idea. We're going to say, listen, uh, we don't really recommend that. <laughs> That's not really a good idea. But I will couple it to that, that the likelihood of you losing all your principal is really slim to none because these are mature companies. Worst case scenario, it doesn't perform the way we want. Uh, Palantir, we made 150%. Airbnb, we made 150%. We're still waiting for the liquidity events for a lot of these other companies. Let's go over some duds. Uber, we broke even. Lyft, I think we made 10%, not even, after holding for two years. WeWork was something we did not get involved in. And I think- Oh, boy. Yeah, Toby and I had a conversation regarding WeWork a year and a half ago when we first started talking. You know, I remember that being offered to me at a, you know, 40 to $50 billion valuation. I just didn't like the fact that their CEO wanted to sell shares so he could free up liquidity so he could buy real estate to rent out to his company, which just doesn't show me that his interests are aligned. So I said, no, I'm good. And here we are now, not at a 40, $50 billion valuation, but a company valued at like eight. So imagine if you would have got into that. So that's why it's imperative mm -hmm. for us to do research. And when we do get you on the phone with something, hey, listen, if it's one of those situations that there's something available and we want to just take a shot at it, we'll let you know. If there's something that we really believe in that uh, more so than others, we'll, we'll, let you, we'll let you know as well. Yeah. And these investments aren't for regular investors, right? You, you, no, you, no. you cannot invest unless you're an accredited investor. So I, I like to introduce the topic, but then I want to be very specific. This is to folks who qualify as an accredited investor have the experience and the ability to withstand waiting. Cause like, for example, SpaceX, how many years ago did you get SpaceX? Last summer. And we're still Last waiting. Summer. So people that have been in SpaceX, they're sitting around. Yep. Yeah. So it might be three years before you actually have a liquidity event. You're going to end up with the shares, right? The investor is going to end up with the shares after that investment. Correct. So the way it's structured is we have a fund, we either purchase direct from a selling shareholder, which could be a, a company insider, or it could be an early investor looking to sell shares directly, or we'll purchase interest in another venture fund that has those shares. Either way, when you first come in, you don't technically own the shares, you're owning interest in our fund. And we send you a confirmation letter once the deals close and all that good stuff. And then once there's a liquidity event, a liquidity event, not just, not, not just it going public, because sometimes, you know, typically, traditionally, when a company goes public, you're locked in for a further six months. So at that point, freeing up that lockup, 
that's when we get the shares and that's when we distribute it to clients. So as of right now, for the purposes of your investment, you own interest in our fund that owns interest in the underlying shares, either directly or via another entity. And then upon us getting actual access to those shares, at that point, we distribute them to our clients. Yep. So you're going to end up, eventually you'll end up with the shares. Initially, you're investing in a fund, just like any other private placement. Correct. Credit investors only. If you don't know what a credit investor is, Google it. It just means that you're of means, you're more than a million dollars net worth without your house, or you're making over, I think it's 200 or $300,000 a year. Yeah. 200,000 for individuals, 300,000 for couples. Yeah. Yeah. So like you you could afford to wait, let's just put it that way. You're not going to be hurt if you put an investment in. And just, I want to be clear too, because in infinity investing, we're always about cash flow. This is the speculative money that sits in that first category. It also could sit in managed monies. So we have diversification built into our portfolios where we're talking about 30, 30, 30, 10. And this, this, could fit in either one of those managed or in your number one. I would say that it's somebody with net worth that's high enough. You have pretty good chunks in all three categories and it's not all, you're never going to have all your eggs in one basket. Not if you're doing what we're doing. All right. So this is fun. So now we have some pretty cool companies that we've heard of and we're getting into them fairly early. Sometimes you win, sometimes you get a big win. I know that uh, our investment, for example, in, uh, in SpaceX, I mean, it's skyrocketing, no pun intended, but it's 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 been going up considerably just since the time that uh, you acquired it, we initially invested as well, right? Yeah, I mean, SpaceX is one of, if not the most in-demand company in the private market. And believe it or not, one of the most polarizing. Whenever we, when we had access to it last year and we started speaking to clients, it was either clients were all for it or clients who couldn't stand uh, Elon Musk. So <laughs> go figure. But you know the the main thing with them is we are you know hearing some rumors that there there could possibly uh, be a split. Um, that's even public too, by the way. You know you could actually look it up and people yeah, are no, we, maybe the company. We knew that was going to come at some point. Yeah, they were going to take Starlink and, and and move it out. You're just going to end up with shares in both, then, right? Correct. Now we don't know the the actual details, and we won't know until you know that's that announcement is finalized if it actually does come to fruition. But you know, obviously, we'll be keeping everybody abreast. That's pretty cool, but SpaceX is just fun to watch. I mean, just ferrying people up to the space station. Uh, Starlink, how many how many satellites are up there now? Well, they have 90,000 subscribers. I forget. They, they're launching every single week, but they do have 90,000 subscribers. I think Musk wanted to get to like 40,000. They wound up having, you know, eight or 9,000, but they continue to keep on launching the uh, satellites out there. But Starlink does have 90,000 subscribers now internationally, and wow. they're actually going to be completing the beta test for Starlink by the end of this month. So we only have what, two more weeks. So we should have a bigger view of where they stand by, by next month as well. It's just fun to look at that. And usually you don't get to, usually you're getting things, you're watching it on the stock market and it's going up and down and sideways. And in, in this thing, you're actually getting into companies that are innovative and are game changers. Kraken's another one. And I'm not saying that these are available right now, by the way, guys, like this is, how long does it usually take you to, to sell out when you when you have a company that comes in? that you purchase? I mean, it depends. I mean, typically the first week or two where we're kind of done because uh, that's just the nature of the beast. You know, it's, it's all situational, but typically between a week or two, but I'm constantly going out there, seeing if there's more shares, 
but sometimes within a matter of two weeks, just like the public market, the price might move up to us. Yeah. So that's why we always have to be transparent with the client and say, hey, listen, if we say, you know, your your interest will cost ten dollars and then you sit and then three weeks later, I say, oh, listen, your interest is now twelve. Well, there's a yeah. lot of things that happen in the private market. Just to be, to be clear, so in, in our traditional Anderson portal, we don't make these things available. But if you're part of the 360 and the infinity and you're accredited, then we make it available. As soon as these guys let us know, we let you know that they're available. Usually you're popping on, you're doing a, a podcast or a, a, a live stream to them, webinar or whatever we want to call it. But you're explaining what the offering is and they're gone so quick. We have clients all the time. Sometimes they'll get mad. They'll be like, hey, I was... I wanted to buy some shares. I had to think about it. And it's like, I'm sorry, but it's one of those things. If you don't, if you, you don't act quickly. Yeah. The, the only thing that we, we do recommend, what we actually, you know, appreciate from the, the clients that when they are speaking, cause we have, uh, and it's not just some Anderson clients, but just clients in general, you know, Hey, listen, I have to sit on it. Give me two, three weeks, which, you know, I, I we get, but at the same point, we're moving pretty fast. So we never want to reserve shares to somebody that's going to, say, hey, listen, this isn't for me when it could go to somebody else, because, you know, typically there's there's a line out the door waiting to get access to these shares. So it's always up to me. Now, we always have access to something, right? Whether it's not the company that you were all giddy about is, you know, debatable. But, you know, typically we'll go in there, see if we're over allocated, if we want to switch gears into something else. If the price move, moves, uh, which has happened in the past, the price all of a sudden, if I go in there to buy more shares and the price substantially moves in the private market, I might turn around and say, listen, I don't feel that I'm comfortable getting in at this particular price when I still want meat on the bone for my clients to actually make money here. <laughs> so those are decisions that myself and my management team, you know, Tony Bond, we have a director of research that we're hiring now that starts in January. Those are the type of decisions that we make. So let's do this. Let's talk about one that's closed. So the Kraken was the most recent, right? Was that most recent? Yes. And then some of that that may be coming up. I know that you're looking. Are are you even allowed to talk about the ones that may be happening or that you're looking at? I prefer not to. And right. here's the reason why. Because the first podcast I did, I, I explicitly said, you know, we were talking about SpaceX. And I explicitly said, listen, we, we're not working on SpaceX now. And everybody I was speaking to, the first thing they said, well, what about SpaceX? So I, I get it. But there are some companies that I am looking at. Uh, if anybody is curious, Obviously, Andrew Ball handles a lot of these clients that you refer to us. He'll be free to answer any questions that you do have. But typically, whenever we do have something, we'll give you the heads up. We offer our own research reports that we put together. But I never like to, you know, that's a mistake I made a year and a half or back in the day, I should say, where I said, hey, here's the companies that we're looking at. And people say, well, I want this. I want this. So I'd rather much get something guaranteed that I know I have. And then present it to somebody when the time comes. Then let's talk about the one that, that you recently brought in, because I, I believe it was Kraken was the last one. Kraken, correct. So Kraken comes out. How did you decide on Kraken? Well, there's a few things that we do. Number one, we have to make sure that there's availability of a company out there, because obviously we're purchasing secondary shares. We're not directly investing in the company. And what that means is when we're coming in, the company's not receiving our funds. We're purchasing mm-hmm. shares from existing shareholders, whether they're, whether they're either a direct seller or they're an early investor. So once we figure out that we have those shares, then we have to see what the valuation is, right? And then we have, I actually do have access to level two quotes in the private market. I'm not gonna go into detail though. There is a couple of firms that I work with that I could actually see pricing action. And I utilize that for you know our investment thesis. 
So I see what the valuation is. And then we kind of match that to, all right, when do we think the company is going to go public? How much more can the valuation grow in the private market? And what's the demand going to be once it does go public? I never like to really go in, in, in too depth of detail of our investment analysis, but it does incorporate, like I said, looking at those level twos, seeing historic price, price action in the secondary private market, seeing where the valuation is, anticipating what the valuation can get to once it goes public which is a hard thing to do, being that really it is, all it is, is demand and supply. We do use a certain level of sentiment analysis to get sentiment, not only for the, the product slash service, but the brand itself as well, just to see how powerful of a product slash service it could be. In addition to any investors out there going into Twitter, Reddit, Facebook, uh, investor forums. So that's what sentiment analysis is. Then we dig into the, some of the fundamentals, which sometimes are limited, Sometimes it's a little bit more robust. If I purchase from a direct shareholder, sometimes I have a little bit uh, more quality information than I would. And then after that, we kind of just take a step back and really look at the, the broad level view of what this company is doing. And then at the end of the day, it's all right, when this company does have a liquidity event, what kind of demand is going to be there? Retail demand, institutions, you know, what's the power of the underwriters? But those are all scenarios that are not a given because at this point, at the stage that we invest in these companies, we have no idea if it's even going to be a traditional IPO. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure you know that SPAC craziness of 2021, which I'm not really a fan of SPACs. I'm not really a fan of direct listings. I prefer a traditional IPO. Yes, you're locked in for six months, but I want to see major underwriters that have solid reputations get involved, that know that they want to make clients for their money, that want to increase that brand coverage, and I want the media exposure of that IPO to be as significant as possible because I want to see retail investors clamoring for the stock. And more so, I want to see the institutions coming in saying, this is an idea that we really like, because that's what's really going to get you a return on your investment. Absolutely. And, and, and again, so dovetailing back to, to the, the, the Kraken and specifically the Kraken offering, that's a competitor to, to Coinbase. Coinbase. Right. Yep. And that's going to be actually, it seems like it's one of the most I would say superior to Coinbase, but that's just my opinion. I have both uh, accounts, but having dealt with them. But from the time that you received it to the time that you were done being able to, to offer it, I'm just trying to give people the idea of if they're working with your group, what they should be expecting, how much due diligence they need to be doing ahead of time so that they're comfortable. So like if they're going to talk to Andrew, that they're talking to Andrew and getting a good idea. How long from, from the time that you offered it to your clients to the time that you'd sold out of its shares? How long a period of time was that? Uh, well, we, we buy in tranches. The first tranche, I think it was like a week and a half. Then I switched to this. We're already on the fifth tranche. So we, we still have access to, we still have shares available, but now we're already on the fifth tranche. Jeez. And, and by the end of the month or, you know, it depends. You know, one day when I walk in and have an influx of clients coming in, some other days are a little bit slower, but typically by the end of the month, or at least when we're done with this tranche, I'm paying close attention. I'm going to decide if we're going to go in for a sixth tranche or we're going to go into another situation. <laughs> That's pretty cool. I, I mentioned a few of them, a few of them to you uh, earlier in the podcast, but I won't repeat them. I know what you're talking about. So you're always looking at big names, innovation, big change. So just some of the names that, that you brought up makes sense. Now, getting down to dollars and cents somebody invests with your group are they being charged a management fee to, every year is it something where they got to pay you guys on a monthly basis what 
What's the arrangement? How do you get paid? Because I'm sure you're not doing this for your health. How does it work with you guys? Direct answer is there's a front load and there's a back end. Okay. So typically in the front load, all right, I'll explain what we do and what we do, do differently from others. We front load it just like everybody else. Everybody front loads it, right? You got to look at the PPM. Okay. Because there's some firms out there that say they don't front load that I've spoken to when I first started pretending to be somebody else. And without them knowing that I know my stuff, I started asking questions and digging. And all of a sudden they start targeting in circles. Well, guess what? I got you, I guess. Right. So always look at the PPM and our PPM, it is in there. We do front load it. Typically it could be anywhere between 20 to 30%. So what that means is we get stock at 10, you're going to own it at 13. All right. Sometimes if the demand is there or we get a good deal, maybe a little bit higher, maybe a little bit lower, but we do front load it just like everybody else. That's how I pay. So you're buying at a price per share. So you just know, hey, this Correct. is a price per share. Andrew's group, your group, you've purchased it and it's just like wholesaling a house. You may have bought it or selling a house. You may have bought it at 10 and you're selling it at three, you know, 13. Great. So you're making a little bit there. So that's to be expected. That's just anybody's going to do that. Is there another cost that they have to worry about before a liquidating event? Is there anything that they're going to be coming out of pocket? If it's waiting three years, is there anything that they're going to have to pay during that period of time? No, there's no, we don't, we still, and once you go into the PPM and look at our fees, uh, we don't charge the negotiation fee, the due diligence fee, the management fee. It's amazing how many fee, like due diligence. There's some baked into the cake, right? It's baked into the, Hey, I made a little bit of money. I bought it at, 10, I sold it at 13, great. So you get a little bit of there, covering some of those costs. But then the, the big one is, let's say it goes up, let's say that somebody bought in at 10,000 and it goes up to 20,000. What would that person be looking at as far as costs? Because I'm sure there's a success fee now or something along the Correct. So it's called a carry fee. Industry standard is 20%, but it's only profit. So I'll use the example that you know I used earlier. And that's, let's just say that you buy or invest rather. You invest 10,000 shares of ABC company at $10. That's our principal investment of 100,000, okay? If by the end of the liquidity event, it's still at $10, there's no carry fee because there was no profit. Now let's say it doubles to 20. So that means your principal investment of 100,000 is now worth 200,000. That's 100,000 of profit being the carry fees 20%, it's 20 grand. Now what we do is we don't sell your shares, Okay. We distribute your shares. We keep that 20,000 in shares ourselves. Okay. So what that means is being that your stock is now worth 20 bucks. We're transferring 9,000 shares to you. And my firm receives a thousand shares. That makes sense. All right. You're not actually paying a dollar. Like you're not writing a check. You're just getting shares. So you're basically, you're getting 20% of the profits is going to go to you guys. So you need it to grow. You need it to be a big winner. And then you guys, everybody participates together. And what we started doing, and this is the idea that I want to start working on last year, but I had other things that I want to work on. I want to make sure I had the right management team. I have an individual who's a certified financial planner that's going to be the president of our wealth management arm, our alternative investment wealth management arm. So what I've decided to do too is we have this model for new clients where you have the front load, you have the carry fee, but we will be launching an RIA registered investment advisor, which is an alternative investment wealth management arm. It'll be up and running by worst case scenario, January, probably sooner though. And for clients that want to partake in that, they're going to have extra incentive where once the company does go public right now, we don't really hold your hand. 
That's not our job, right? We did our job. However, our wealth management arm, we're going to be providing extensive research for all your positions. All right. We're going to be providing discounts to both the front load and the carry fee. All right. The caveat is through that firm, we will be charging anywhere between one to 2% per year, but it's going to be worth it because you're going to be saving money on the carry fee and the, the front end as well. And the reason for that is because I really want to grow our investment advisory firm uh, as much as possible and our assets under management. And honestly, I want to be able to reward our long-term clients because just like anything, you know, clients might like me, clients might like my firm, clients might like my investment consultants, but they obviously like that money better. And we've had clients that we've done the right thing just disappear after we charge them no carry fee with my previous firm. So we want to make sure that everybody's interests are aligned. Yeah. Relationships are two-way street. So we do the right thing by you. You stick with us for the long term. You want to become a member of our wealth management arm. Well, now things are going to be cheaper for you. Uh, the carry fee is not going to be as exuberant, I guess. You'll be able to keep more of what you make. You'll be able to get added incentive with us providing research reports. And uh, like you know, explain to you, Toby, that's only only just stage one of my firm. Within mm-hmm. the next two years, right now, we're focused on late stage venture capital. We're going to start getting involved in early stage venture capital within the next twelve to eighteen months. And within that time frame, we're really growing into a full service alternative investment firm where we're also going to be offering partnerships. We're going to be offering real estate products. I have an engineering division that I'm looking to launch. So we create vertically integrated products. So we're looking to be the one-stop shop for any client interested in alternative investments. And I love the fact that you, like people just have to get their head around what an alternative investment is. It means you're not buying it through Schwab. <laughs> yeah, it just means that yeah, anything other than you know stocks, bonds, and cash really. Art, collectibles, crypto, real estate, private equity, venture capital. This just is allowing people to get together. And this is what exactly what money managers do when we put together our 30, 30, 30, 10 portfolio diversification. This goes in that third category of, of managed money. This is where you're letting somebody else and they're bringing by opportunities for you and saying yes or no. And this is, again, what my experience is. You hit a lot of home runs. Sometimes you you hit some singles. Sometimes you get an out, but you're playing at a different time frame than the retail investor. The retail investor is always going to be paying more when it comes out. Whether it's successful after that is, you know, the odds seem to be in the favor of the types of companies you guys are picking on. But uh, you know, just gives people an idea of where this thing uh, fits. So. If you're a Infinity 360 member, you're going to be seeing Andrew and his team all the time. The Spaventive Group comes out. And I want to say that every time you guys have something come out, I get get you guys on right away. So you're you're bringing that opportunity to those folks. Everybody else, if you want to reach out to Andrew, I'll make sure that I put Andrew Boz, Andrew Spaventa's sales guy. So I'll say Andrew 1 and Andrew 2. I'll make sure I put Andrew 2 yeah, I know. It's, it's in, information out. Well, there's three Andrews te- technically. We got Andrew Ball, myself, and you. So. <laughs> my, my first name's Andrew, too, but I just go by Toby. So right, I, I could right. really make this a mess. Yeah. Well, but we'll make sure that we get you with somebody that can help you if you're looking for those types of opportunities. Again, I met you through a client who's done well with y'all. And uh, at the time, I was really digging in on SpaceX and I really wanted to get it. And he was like, here's the guys to talk to. And it, we just fortuitously, everything aligned. We ended up being able to get in. We're really happy about our position. It's gone up considerably. We're really happy. We've invested in a bunch of other opportunities that you brought in as well. We love the ability to do that. And for our clients out there, 
I'd recommend that you start looking at this type of thing if you're an accredited investor and not just doing the PPMs that are out there that are kind of the, I'm seeing multifamily every other day, <laughs> literally. And it's like, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. We, we, we were nailing those back, uh, you know, two, three, four, five, six years ago, and it's getting really, really competitive. You got to be looking at and diversifying yourself out, looking at some other things. And uh, Andrew, you guys bring a great opportunity to folks. Any closing words? Thank you, sir. It's always a pleasure. Uh, and I would say that there's there's really a lot of exciting stuff that we're doing with uh, our firm. We're going to be launching a monthly magazine by November, December, the latest. We're thinking of uh, all these really new creative ways to reach out to clients to make sure that level of service is exceptional. Nothing like anybody's ever seen. Uh, we have a director of our private client group now. So we do have uh, certain clients that are worth over 10 million or at least have seven figures with us that get an extra voice to speak to. Uh, that'll be Mr. Joseph Nappy. So we're gonna start reaching out to clients regarding that. And then in addition to that, yeah, I mean, if you haven't invested on, uh, with us as of yet, but you're interested, I don't know what you're waiting for because you're not gonna get better in us. And obviously I'm biased, but from what we're hearing from our inner network and the individuals that we work with and a lot of our clients, the, the level of service that we provided has been exceptional and there hasn't been really any complaints as of yet. And that's, that's the way I wanna keep it. Our compliances, second to none, our leadership team, our culture, and at the bare minimum, have a talk with our senior, one of our senior investment consultants, Mr. Andrew Ball. And then eventually, uh, hopefully, I could see some of you guys in Hawaii in late March, early April, because I, along with Andrew Ball and our chief operating officer, Tony Kwan, will definitely 100% be there. Yep. That's the executive retreat if you're 360 with Infinity Investing. You get to come out there and, and no cost other than the, uh, the food and the excursions, uh, you have to get yourself there, the plane ticket, and the, the hotel, but there's no cost for the actual event, the executive retreat, if you're 360. So you get to apply for it. We were all sold out pretty much for <laughs> October. We had to push it just because Maui went into kind of a lockdown, but we're putting it out to March. So if you're listening to this after March, contact us, you can take it, you know, you can check it out later because we do this with Andrew about once a year. But otherwise, uh, absolutely, come on out and join us, and uh, and you get to meet Mr. Paventa and Andrew Baugh, who I invest through. Andrew's my guy, and uh, they've been crackerjack. You know, done a great job for our clients. We really appreciate it. Thank you, sir. Best right. wishes to everybody. All right. Until next time. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Show notes for links to everything mentioned in this episode can be found on our website at andersonadvisors.com/podcast. Be sure you subscribe to our podcast, and if you are already a subscriber, please provide us a review of what you thought of this episode.